0: Okay, and we're back with a podcast with a guest, which is the first time since November when we had Dan from Binds on for episode number ten. Apart from that, we had Tony on, uh, but that was part of the Sunny Beach series. The quality on this podcast it isn't as good as it was recorded in Zoom on Zoom, should I say? And we're because we're still in isolation, and this was recorded in May 2020, obviously. I was joined by my old friend George, who wanted to share his mental health journey, as it is Mental Health Awareness Week this week. And this podcast, it does contain some stories that viewers or listeners may find upsetting. However, it is proof that when you hit rock bottom, there is always help out there to get you back to where you need to be. Hope you enjoy this podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Byron's World podcast. This is episode 11 on the normal podcast, not the Sunny Beach podcast. I've not done one of these since I had Dan from Bynes in November, so it has been a long time, but I have been doing the Sunny Beach series, and I've actually got with me today a very good friend of mine who I did meet over in Sunny Beach. I've got George. How are you, mate? Hey. You all right, mate? How you doing? You all right? Not so bad. Not seen you in, in a while. We've had the odd face time here and there, but... it's, probably be, uh, it's been it's
1: about three years in it so yeah so literally probably this month probably about three years so
0: yeah it's going to be a bit of a spoiler alert for the uh a sunny beach story series this it's going to go way too way forward so I'll, we're gonna we're gonna start with the last time i actually seen you in person um was in the summer of 2017 me and you was going to be running the company well we was gonna be running an <laughs> events company. <laughs> Not the whole fucking thing I don't know that would pass in charge. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we was gonna be running an events company over in Bulgaria for a nightclub called DGV. Um, George was gonna do the sales and I was gonna do the events. Um, but at the start of that season, it's safe to say your head wasn't in the game. No. Um, it wasn't nice to see. If you if you want to elaborate on that, whilst we was whilst we was there, um, before the inevitable happened, when you did go home.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, can you still see me? Sorry, that's gone off. I don't know now. now. Sorry, my mate was trying to call me there. Um, Yeah, so where do I start? Right, basically, so we like you said, we was going. Work out there, weren't we? So, we, we, um, I was going to be the sales, like you said, you was going to be the um, the events manager, and I was it was something I built up to for a long time, um, something I really wanted to do, because uh, you know how much like right, I love Bulgaria, Sunny Beach, the biking it, it chokes me up now, actually, and I haven't, I haven't spoken about this in never in public, spoke to my mates about it, and I'll, I'll be open if people ask, but.
0: Sorry to cut you off just to put a little bit more context on this George when he said he, he built up for it uh, George had done two or three seasons previous to that Yeah that's it yeah, it yeah so two
1: it, two seasons sorry yeah so yes. I worked two seasons um it like got a to a point
0: seller,
1: where I could, yeah? yeah that's it it's like selling tickets working on bar crawls basically just drunk all the time but loving <laughs> it <laughs> but it got to a point where I thought right where am I going with this now like where what do I want to do and I thought do I want to go back and not really earn a lot of money and just be drunk all the time again? Can I kind of do that? Uh, so I thought the only way i will go back is if i go back as a manager, um, which I got offered a job by Mark Watts, one of your good mates, Wattsy, who I actually thought before I got to know Wattsy, I used to think I was a bit wary of him. I thought, oh, I'm not sure if I like this geezer. Do you know what he's like? It can be uh, very, unless you know him well, he won't give a lot away. Yeah. yeah, so so you're like a bit wary of him. But I've got to know him, and he's, he's a proper, decent guy when you get to know him. And uh, I think it was around uh, January 2017, I got offered a job uh, to be Room 2 manager. So Room 2 was obviously below the Viking, wasn't it? But it was connected, like the same people owning it. And uh, then we went off to that holiday in Bournemouth. <laughs> Up in the mountains. <laughs> so yeah, we went into... Uh, Basically, we went to a manager's meeting. So, all the managers of the Viking of, of Room 2 were going to Burevets, weren't they? To have, It was a ski resort, but it was basically just a piss-up where we say <laughs> what we think we should do for the summer. So, we were all fired up, telling stories and that. And we was in such good spirits and as if we, me and Byron was going to take on the world. That's, that's, that's how it was. But not before that because I was going to work with Matt, wasn't I, in Room 2. And then I got out there and he went to me, George. I need to speak to you. And I was thinking, oh shit, I'm like that the arts, guy. I'm thinking, what have I done already? Because he was that kind of guy, wasn't he? And then uh, he said, George, I want you to be the Party Square sales manager. And I was just like, proper, anyone who knew me out there knew how much I loved it and how much that job would have meant to me to get it. So it was the the best thing In, in my life at that time. I couldn't have been happier. That was the best thing that could have happened to me. I loved that place so much and to be offered that job, the responsibility of that was was something special. So we had a great time out there, didn't we? Like we spoke for ages. We was just like me and you just hit it off, didn't we?
0: Yeah. The first
1: time we met in twenty fifteen, but yeah. But we was like we're gonna take on like the world, basically. That's how we felt. We had so many good ideas. We've done this. We've done that. But and then after that, my mental health started deteriorating. So this is something I'd basically I started getting panic attacks, which uh I'd had for probably a couple of months, but not really knowing what they were and just thought, oh, it'd be all right. I can get through this. I can get through this uh, kind of thing. And as the summer started getting closer, I started getting more panic attacks because I didn't know how to deal deal with them. I didn't know what they were. I didn't have a clue. But at the same time, as a bloke, a few years ago, it was still, you couldn't really talk. We didn't feel like you could talk. And I didn't really know what to say. Speak. I didn't know whether it, I was drinking, too much like binge drinking. I didn't know what it was at all and it was, it was messing with my head and I was getting really in states, really bad anxiety, panic attacks. I couldn't, I was having to walk out the house and I was going, I couldn't calm down. And my dad didn't actually want me to go because I was living with him at the time and he knew how bad it, I was, I kind of was. Uh, and he kind of put it down to drink, which it wasn't, but we'll go on to that. And, but I don't think my mum actually knew. So everyone who didn't kind of know apart from my dad, but probably you guys, Watsy said, I spoke to Watsy about three weeks before we went and I, I said, I don't think I can do it, mate. I'm really not in a good place. Anyway, he said, come down to Plymouth, didn't we? We went down to uh, Plymouth to see yeah. him at his house, didn't we?
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, he had a good chat with me, spoke, uh, talked me into going and I felt more positive. He said, look, I, he was really good with me, he spoke to me, he told me a few things and I was like, yeah, go on, I, I will have a go and then, The few weeks before, I was just still getting these panic attacks. But I thought, right, let's just go. Let's just go. Because if I don't, I'll regret it. But I got there and I think the first night we went out, the next day I woke up and the panic attack was probably in the worst feeling I've ever had in my life. So it was that bad. I could not control myself. Curling up in a ball and just crying my eyes out. Just to the, I just... Couldn't cope at the thought of I love something so much, but at the thought of knowing I wouldn't be able to do this job if I carry on like this. And anyway, I decided to have a few days off the booze if that helps. But I was still a bit anxious doing my job. Wasn't I with you? I was very open with you at the time. Yeah, it was yeah, really good. Uh, you spoke to me a lot, didn't you? Um, but I was still getting these panic attacks, and I think probably about two weeks later. I was only there about two and a half weeks. Two weeks later, I had three days of non-stop panic attacks. I mean, every Ten minutes, I was getting a panic attack. It, it was that bad. I felt like I'd lost my mind completely to the point where I did, I thought I was going to have to go in the mental mental home. I really thought it was that bad because I could not cope, and I just remember screaming and just crying. And I remember going, Byron, and I can't come in today. I, I couldn't I, even go in and face anyone." I and remember. I was, I, yeah, go on. Sorry.
0: I remember that, and the worst part about it was was seeing you in such a state. Knowing that there was nothing I could do to, apart from be there for you, there was nothing else that I could do which would make you feel better. Because, like you said, you you know you tried, you thought it was due to drink, so you knocked the drink on the head, but then you kept getting them, and then you know you you came to me and Watsy and and said like, look, it's they're getting too much. Um, bit behind the curtain, me and Watsy did speak about it, and he said, well. What do we do with I mean we don't want to lose George, but it's in his best interests that he goes home, yeah, because yeah, we wasn't although we wanted you and and needed you there, we couldn't keep you there for your sake, do you know what i mean yeah it was it we, was we had to put you first
1: it it was very very tough uh I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't even get in. I was laying in the bed, just just trying to watch anything or do anything to take my mind off it. The only thing that was taking my mind off it was watching a bit of Only Fools and Horses on DPP. player, <laughs> and then I'd think about the the anxiety again and I'd think about how worried it was, and I'd go back to where I was, and I was laying there like this, and it it was really that bad, and that's not me over exaggerating. You saw it. I that's couldn't it, yeah. I couldn't get out of the bed because I was so scared of living. I couldn't eat. I was getting skinnier. Uh, I got to the point I rung my dad up and I remember sobbing and he he went George or something I went dad I I can't do it and he went you having these panic attacks again and I, I went I, I went I can't do it mate and uh, <sighs> sorry mate sorry mate I um, mm. <sighs> see look like, even now because I haven't gone this deeply back you forget how bad it was yeah but i said to him uh i can't do this dad i really can't i can't do it i'm so bad mentally and he just said george we just got to get you home. just get you home." and i spoke to my mum but i don't think she really understood at the time because i wasn't living with her so she didn't see it and she went oh god's sake george what are you gonna do now like what anyway i've got a flight i was devastated because you know me how much I loved the place how much it meant to me I needed that was my everything at that time I didn't have a driving license I didn't I wasn't have any qualities to offer back home I didn't have a good job I could go back to I didn't have anything really apart from obviously my brilliant family and my close mates I didn't really have anything any guide like uh, any way to look forward to it, anything in life, if you know what I mean, any kind of yeah. guide of where to go. My everything I put into was Sunny Beach. You said yeah. something earlier and it hit the nail in the head, sorry. You said uh you go away for them six months, uh, four or five months or whatever it is and then you go away and you've got eight months of just wishing you was back in Bulgaria. And yeah until you've worked there you cannot understand that. You know everyone out there. It's just the best thing in the world. It was the best thing in the world at that time. And uh so I, I, that was a hard decision to make, but I was so messed up. And I remember the last day I I, I wrote out a thing on a.
0: We both love Ricky Atton, so <laughs> I've still got it. I was gonna <laughs> try and dig it out, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's I've i put it away. It's in storage away, yeah. so it's safe. I was gonna drag it out before, and then I was like, oh, gotta gotta to, got to get in here to record it, so I didn't have time. <laughs> but the Ricky Atten poster. So when George when we'll have George to put did, that in yeah. So when George did leave, yeah. He bought. He bought. You bought some things from home to remind you of home, pretty much. You bought the the little Trotters independent traders free wheeler, didn't you? Um, the Ricky Atom poster, which we had we had up above the telly because we lived together in the same apartment as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, they the Arsenal mug. You left me the Arsenal mug as well. Did I post on? Yeah. Okay, but like you said, um, it was. Um, it it was it was hard because it was. We did have plans to take over Bulgaria, pretty much. <laughs> and when went- you did, when you when you did leave, it was. I mean, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna speak more about this on the Sunny Beach series, fucking hell. Yeah. When I eventually get that far down the line, could be about three years away, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it, it did. It, it was hard. It was hard seeing you go. Um, and I knew I wouldn't get a replacement because we were speaking a lot, we were skyping a lot during the. Uh, during the winter, yeah. uh, but like I said, my main interest was you making sure that you were better, and that's why I kept in touch with you um, when you did get yeah. home. So when you did, when you did eventually get home, yeah. what did you? Where did you go from there? Seeking well, help?
1: Um, I got home, and I was um, it was a relief to get home in the end because I was so scared that I was getting people say what you're having panic attacks about maybe well i was just getting panic attacks about anything about my health about my mental health whether i was going around the twist um i could worry about literally anything it was that bad the thing is when you get in that bad headspace you could worry about anything literally anything and it will make no sense at all and um it got to the i got home and i was like i was thinking well at least i've got the nhs that's what I was thinking when I got home. I thought because that I know I can get help If I was in Bulgaria, where would I know? <laughs> you couldn't
0: you know go I mean? anywhere there. <laughs> <laughs> Not in
1: <laughs> Bulgaria, mate. <laughs> They'd give me a tequila. <laughs>
0: you know I mean? that rakia.
1: <laughs> That's it, <laughs> rakia. And uh, I was like a bit of relief, and then I was home. And my dad was like, Come on, "Right, we're going to sort this now. Um, we're going to go on a detox. Like you, you won't drink." Uh, he was going. He was convinced it was just the booze, and I, I knew it wasn't. I knew it was had like parts to do with it. It was making it worse, but I knew it wasn't the drink. But anyway, I went along with it and I went on a bit of a detox and um, I found this counsellor and uh, I think his name was Russ. And I've only done two, three sessions with him, but he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, this guy. And he, I told him about why I, um, everything, that Bulgaria, what happened. And I said, um, obviously, when I come back in six weeks, I was so depressed because wasn't just anxious now or having I mean, panic attacks. I was depressed because I lost my whole world. My whole world was in Sunny, which was in Bulgaria, was being the manager of you and taking over, basically. That's, that's yeah. what we was like. We was like, we can go on, and we can do this. We were so, And I knew how good we would have been together. But I was so down about that. And he understood it all. And he really helped me kind of get my head around stuff. But and he, he told me all about panic attacks and what they were. And he said, it's not the booze. He said, the booze doesn't help once you're in that kind of state. But he, he taught me kind of why I was getting them. And I thought, right, well, that's it, I'm fixed. Yeah, it was about the end of July now, it been about six weeks, and I left probably Bulgaria early June, end of May. And I thought, I've got to go back. That was my first thing in my head. I've got to go back. I've just got to, even if I go back and work behind a bar, do anything, I've got to go back and see all these people who I employed loads of people. I was with you, I've got to let you down. I felt I like, let Watsy down. I just thought, I've got to get back there because I want to get back to my place. And I felt all right. But my dad was like, no, this is not a good idea, George. Just take time. And I was like, oh, I really need to get out there. He was going, George, i just worry about you. I don't want to go. And anyway, I was just so depressed because I just needed to be there. And I was looking around. I was thinking, I was working back on a building site. And I, fucking, Sorry. Fucking hated working on the building sites. It made be so fucking miserable. I'm still right. on them. <laughs> I've been doing the days lately, trying to get a bit of money in with this COVID. But uh, I was so miserable. I thought I've gone from being to being the best place in the world to being on a building site, knocking up cement. I thought, what the fuck has happened here? Right, and I was so down. I wasn't even having panic attacks at this point because I was just so down, and I was just like. Something, I wanted to get back out there, but I couldn't. But I didn't have a driving license, I couldn't get a better job, I didn't have any kind of future. And all my mates back home didn't really know what was going on, and they was kind of laughing, going, I knew you wouldn't come, I knew you'd come back, I knew you wouldn't last this season. And like they didn't mean it, but they was just obviously didn't know what was going on. A couple of them did, and I remember breaking down to my mate Jack, my brother, my dad, my mum, my brother, and uh, me Jack, one of my best mates, they really understood. uh but it was only them kind of tight-knit people told at the start. A couple of I mean, other really close mates didn't let on to a later state. But it got to a point, and it was August. Uh, I think it was the start of August 2017. And um, I'd just been building up this depression a couple of months. Obviously, six months, whatever, before that, with panic attacks and not dealing with them. And lost in my own head, mate. And I remember uh, one day just going... Uh, I, I cannot do this anymore. I just, I just cannot do this anymore. I just don't want to be here. I want to die. I, I just, I just wanted to die. It, it got that bad that I just thought I've lost my whole world of what I thought was at the time because I couldn't control the panic attacks and I felt weak because of it. I felt like an idiot. I felt silly. I felt depressed. I just, I was in such a bad place. I just didn't want to live anymore. And I remember. That was when the panic attacks kicked back in again. I thought, shit, I don't want to live anymore. So I started having a panic attack about not wanting to live anymore. Yeah. And I just couldn't control. And I remember sitting on this in with Dad's flat on his own, on my own, The Dad was out and his girlfriends, and I just felt really just didn't know what to do with myself. And I remember just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing until the point I didn't know where to go. So I just walked. And I walked a bit more and I come across like my mate's house and uh, his mum used to previously go out with my dad. And I remember knocking on the door and I just remember just just being there like that. And uh, I remember a guy called Charlie, Charlie Bell, answered the door and he went, it was uh, my mate's sister's boyfriend at the time, and he said, uh, what's the matter, George? He said, you right You right how are you doing? Because you know me, I was always been happy, go lucky, you alright mate, how doing like that, was just yeah, my yeah. personality, and I, I've never suffered, from any of this before, so it was new to me, I didn't know what it was, it all started in like 2017, so, and I remember standing at that door, and I just, broke down into tears, to the point uncontrollable, I was sobbing, and he went, mate, what's the matter, and he come up, cuddle me, and he pulled me in the house, and, I remember Linda, her name was, she come down and she she goes, what's the matter, George? And I couldn't speak. You know, when you're crying that much, you can't yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got sat on the sofa and Linda was there, which is Tom's mum, which is one of my mates, and Annie's sister and then Charlie. And that was the first time I opened up and I said, they said, what's the matter? And I couldn't get the words out. And I just said, I don't want to be here anymore. And I was, don't want to be here anymore. I I, really, I just want to die. And I just remember streaming and they was, they. You could tell they looked at me like, shit, what, like, what, what, where's, I mean, no one knew what was going on. And she went, don't say that, George. And I was just, I said, I just don't want to live here anymore. A minute, a minute. I said, uh, I just said, I uh, just can't do it. couldn't do it, mate. That moment in time, I was just so, I just couldn't, didn't know what was going on. Just so, but and i remember her talking to me and i think i was there a couple of hours and they made me feel better and uh she rang my dad she think she's my dad spoke to my mum, and my dad said why didn't you ring me why didn't you ring me you could have spoke to me like i would i would always be there for you sorry mate
0: do you and, just, uh maybe um, feel too proud to call you yeah like or?
1: like my I, my dad's always very open I can always speak to my dad same as my mum and it's it's not a thing of they're very they'd always help me
0: brilliant yeah.
1: parents brilliant parents but I just felt
0: like a I burden didn't wanna,
1: I didn't, didn't, yeah and I felt like a burden I didn't want to worry them I knew yeah. if I was worrying them they'd be uh, they'd be scared and I didn't yeah. want to tell them so I didn't want to be open with anyone and uh, I I remember getting back and I was just sobbing on the sofa and he said, George, we need to sort you out, mate. You need to go to the doctors and I'm not having any other way you're going and you're going on the tablets because before I was kind of like, I don't want to do this and he said, George, you need help. We're going to gonna sort you out. We can do it. But I didn't believe it. I didn't believe I could be sorted out. Yeah. And I remember he spoke to my mum and she was just didn't know, what, didn't know what was going Really, I think she kind of found out. I remember the next day she picked me up. I booked a doctor's appointment. She picked me up and uh it was a very quiet journey and she's, before we we was a bit early for the touch she went let's go in Costa and I will never forget this moment I sat in Costa and it's like you're not even there you're not even in there that's what you feel like in your head you're looking for your mum you're looking for anyone else Yeah. and you're looking around and you're thinking that everyone else is, is alright and I'm here just messed up and I remember sitting there um, and I was just thinking I just want to die I, I just want to kill myself I don't want to be here anymore And I just, and my mum, I couldn't say that to my mum. And I remember getting into the doctors and I walked through on my own. She said, do you want me to come? I said, no, I'll come on my own. And the doctor said, what's the matter? And I just broke down. I said, I just don't want to be here anymore. I just want to die. And uh, I don't think she really understood it. Put it this way, the doctors, I went to the doctors a couple of times and I didn't think that was any good, mate. They just give you tablets, push you out the door, go like, it's lumber for therapy but you can't get through to the therapy for about three, four months. That's right, so yeah. You're just taking these tablets and you, you don't, it, they help you come up and level out, but you're not sorting out the issues or the problems. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, it's all right just take the tablets, but you're not dealing with the issue. You're just taking tablets and you yeah. get cast aside as someone who's just the depressed person or this or that. And really, you've just had a lot of incidents that have come along and you haven't no doubt how to dealt with them. and You've just fallen into a trap of depression and anxiety yeah. and... And stuff like this. And uh anyway, so I was taking these tablets, I was just I was just just going through the motions with them and just didn't really know what to do or how I felt. But I was taking them for I think a couple of weeks and uh, some days I felt a bit better and I wasn't getting my panic attacks and I thought, uh, oh I'm feeling all right now and this and then when, as soon as you get a good day, you think, Oh, I don't need these these now, I don't need that and These panic attacks are gone. And then the next day, you come crashing down, and you're so fearful in the end of waking up. You don't even want to wake up because, you know, as soon as you wake up, your brain goes, shit, I'm here again. It got that scary that I didn't want to be awake. Yeah. And I had to force myself out of bed to try and do anything just to not be in my own head. It was that bad. I can't, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, on anyone ever. No. I really mean that. I I could not wish out on anyone. It was that bad. I did not see a way out at all. I just couldn't see how I was going to get out of this. I, I said, I remember saying to the doctors, this is it, and it? My life's done. She went, what do you mean? I said, no one comes back from this, this bad. And she said, try and be positive. I went, I can't. No one comes back from this. So I honestly thought that. And I remember, I remember, it's about a week later, a big, big stepping point was, um, my my mate knew I was a couple of my mates knew I was down, a few of them didn't know how bad I was. I remember James Richard, who you know, taking me to uh, the harbour stuff for a couple of beers. He said, Look, have a couple of beers and he said, You can get through this. You just he said, he was the one who advised me to go to a therapist. He said, George, if if you was getting your house blasted, would you do it yourself or would you get professionals to come in and do it? And I went, Well, I'll get professionals to come in and do it. He went, So why are you ashamed of going get a therapist to help you with your head? When I yeah. know what they're talking about. And uh sorry, just wiping away. And uh I thought, yeah, that clicked. Uh but I didn't really accept that advice for a couple more months. So I remember sitting in the my mate said to me, Look, you need to get out of the house, come on, let's do some exercise. My dad was saying, Come on, get out, do some exercise, release some endorphins, you can do this and I remember getting in my mate's car, his mini, his name Jem, Jem Pop, one of my best mates, is is lovely lad and uh he started saying, what's the matter then, George? And none of them really knew apart from my mate Jack, the family and that. And I said, I just don't want to be here anymore, Jen. I just want to kill myself. I'm getting thoughts about it every day, but I just don't think I can do it. But I don't know whether I can or not. And at the time, I think he was shocked. And he was like, no, you'll be fine, mate. You can, you. And I remember going to this football, and anyone knows me, that was a lovely football, and I was playing. But I weren't there. I was not there. I was looking through the ball. And I was looking. I couldn't even focus on being on that football pitch. Anyone who knows me now would go, "No way!" Like you, when you're on that pitch, you are the most passionate, determined geezer. And I just standing there, like,
0: no, "I'm done. This is me done." It's like you was watching yourself through somebody else's eyes.
1: Yeah, I just, I just, I was just there, but I wasn't. I was in thinking about, how "I'm gonna die," or do you know I mean it? Was it was that bad? And I don't think. I think if my mum watches this now my dad it was close it will really upset him. because I don't think I've ever got this deep with them
0: it's upsetting because me it. because I'm one of your yeah. friends listening to it and I, and I, yeah. I knew and I knew I kind of knew the crux of how you was feeling from when you was when you oh, was still in Bulgaria before you did come home and I, I'll never forget one of the times you I, I came in tried to be like oh cheerier because I knew that you was upset in the morning. I'd come yeah. in from work and uh, I looked at you. I said, you are, mate? And you went, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine. And then you just burst out into tears. I'll ne- it'll never leave me this. I just remember you, wa- you wailed at me and said, why am I not normal? And I was like, George, you are normal. What's wrong with me? Why am I not normal? And you kept repeating yourself. I was like, George, you are fucking normal, mate. You're just not yeah. well. I said, you're not no, well. I can't you- even and- remember that. And you need, yeah. I said, I said, you're not well. You just, you need to go. And it, it was, it wasn't nice seeing one of, like, listening to one of my friends tell me that they're not normal. And I was like, yeah. hey, you are normal. You just, you just unwell. But, yeah, like I said at the start of this, at the start of this podcast, I knew that you needed to go home. But yeah, when you said you went to the doctors, um, a lot of people do have mixed opinions on this. Me being. Uh I mean I have my own personal opinion on about it. When they put you on the tablets, what do you make of the uh the antidepressant tablets? Because I think a lot of people who do take them, I've never touched them myself. Um I've been that's not to say that I've not been through some some hardship myself, because I have. Um yeah. a couple of people advised me, you know, when I was going through a, <clears throat> a bad time a couple of years ago. And they did advise me, you know, just take them and see how you get on. I never wanted to. um, Yeah. But I think a lot of people can get on them and then the actors kind of, well, they they have like kind of a placebo effect on them. So then when they're not taking the tablets, they think, oh, that's it. Now my head's (laughs) going to fall off. Um, But then when they are on them, what what was your experience with that? Do you you Um, think that they did help or. Well,
1: well, with, yeah, with, sorry, mate, with me. you, you you get a lot like you just said there. A lot of people tell you different things. Someone to tell you yeah, some Someone to tell you not. They don't work. It's that. For me, um, now this is something I've looked into. There's something therapists have told me before. Uh, I haven't taken them for probably two years now. So I think I was on it for about a year, maybe just under. And uh, I think what they do is they they're not gonna make you happy. Forget that. Yeah, they're not gonna stop panic attacks forget that they're not going to stop anxiety they're not going to stop you feeling low at times what they do do is they pick you up yeah so little chemicals in your brain serotonin that's what makes you kind of happy makes you that none of that's being produced when you're down and depressed so it's just restarting it it's like kickstarting a motor so it's just restarting it and just keeping it going yeah so when you do get really low you're not going to keep going and dropping dropping it just builds you up a little bit yeah so that's, and I do honestly believe that they do work in that sense. Now what I don't believe is what happened with me. Go to the doctors, tell them how bad you are, depressed, and then they just throw you tablets and go, here you go. Off your Here's pop. a number for a therapist. Yeah. That day, it was that bad. It, I could have just killed myself. And what help did I have?
0: But the blood of I given the... tablets. Yeah.
1: And there's no one, there's nothing, uh, I will go on to this in a bit, a bit more, but, so it's, it's understanding them. It's not to make you better. It's to keep you leveled out. And then once you've solved your problems through th- therapy, if you ever do, that is, or uh, then you can gradually come off them, Yeah, which is a gradual thing. And then the first month is probably hard because uh, you, in your mind you're thinking, oh, shit, do I need them, do I not? But once you come off them, you realise I'm all right now. But I do think they do work. I do think they pick you up. Do you understand what I mean? They level you out. Yeah, because uh, otherwise you are just really flat uh, and like I said it's nothing I'd experienced before I'd had bad times in my life and I'd had rough times but wasn't really depressed and anxious and like this so it's they do work but obviously that's my opinion so that's but um, but like I said that um, going back to when I was playing football and that was when I knew shit this is bad and I remember my mate dropping me off home when he messaged me straight after and he went George uh, what you've said to me has just sunk in about I told him I want to kill myself and that and he said it's it's just sunk in he said and I've never felt this bad he said he said I just I can't believe one of my mates feels like this and I'm going to do anything I can to help you anything and that still sticks with me now because little words like that will what pull you through in the end and uh, anyway I had a few weeks of just trying to get through. I was running, going to the gym, doing whatever, but I was still depressed because I lost my Bulgaria. I'd lost this. I didn't have anything to look forward to. I was on building sites. And I remember one day my dad was so upset because I was living there. Uh, I think I went to my mum's, mate. I went to my mum's, that was it. And I said, mum, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to die. And she just a couple of weeks after. And she went hysterical. And I remember Mark, uh, her husband, sitting there like he didn't know what to do. I don't think they knew whether I was being serious, whether I was just crying out for attention, but I was deadly serious. And I remember mum going, you've got to pick George up. I don't know what to do. I've got to go to and teach now. And I think she was scared. She didn't know what to do. And I remember my dad, and I was laying on the sofa sobbing and I just felt sorry for myself for kind of a bit. And I needed that tough love. My dad had tried everything else. I remember he said to me, I was laying on the thing sobbing and he went, you've got, he went, you've got to fucking sort this out now. He went, <laughs> he went, because he went, I'll never forget it. And it's the biggest fire I've ever had. Cause, and he went, You've got to fucking sort this out now. He goes, Because I fucking love you, son. He goes, I fucking love you more than anything in this world. He went, And he went, And oh, I can't deal with seeing you like this anymore. He goes, he goes, You've got to find something from somewhere, son. He goes, You can do this. He was going, It's a sort of fucking just driving me up and he went you've got to fucking do this he went because I can't go on seeing it like this he went you can do this mate he went He went, you need to get up off this sofa now and he says you need to fucking sort it out like that and it was a, it, it sounds weird but looking back it was tough love that I needed at that time and it was very I remember crying and it was he was crying and he gave me a big cuddle and after that moment I thought I can't do this anymore I can't feel like this because the only thing that was stopping me not killing myself was I didn't want to leave my family. I couldn't leave my mum, my dad, their partners, my brother, my mates. So I couldn't do it to them. I just thought, I, I can't do this. But it was getting to the point where it could have happened quite easily because I couldn't control myself anymore. Like I said, I wake up and didn't want to be here anymore. And it was so bad. Every day was anxious. And that kind of thought, I've got to get up now. And I remember ringing up my mate, Jen. And I said, Jen, bring me to football next week. I'm coming. And that went to football and I focused. And I thought, I'm... Oh, just got to focus on this even if it's just for this hour of training then i can go back to being miserable if i can get through one hour not feeling like this then i've done a better job than yesterday and i've done it and i've got there and i loved it right not loved it i said but i didn't think about anything else and it got to the point i was just praying that i could just sit there and have a cup of tea without being in the own thoughts and gradually gradually it started
0: one hour turned into two as well. hours, and
1: then two hours would turn yeah. into three hours. Or like one hour, one hour <clears> time, and then I'd have a shit six hours, and then I'd have a good twenty minutes. Yeah, and it sounded silly, but it was that bad. Bar and that twenty minutes was good, and then I just think, oh, well, I was sleeping so much because I needed it, and 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 eventually, over the period of about a year, I was still anxious towards the end of the year, but I could cope with it more, and I'd just get little moments. I remember what's he said to me, George. He said, what you'll probably find is that you'll get 15 minutes where you feel really anxious. Just just hold on and just know that it's just 15 minutes and then you'll come out of that and you can have a good few hours and then you might get it again. And that was stuck in my head as well. And it's little things like this. And I remember I, after my dad's speech, I went, right, I'm going to therapy, but I couldn't afford the one I was going to. So I went to a cheaper one. and It was a, a, a woman called Leanne. And she was brilliant and she was explaining everything. Why well, I feel this way, telling me I'm not mental. I'm just, I've just had a bad time of it and she said, I understand why you were so depressed because you went from loving everything about Bulgaria and having such great times, so then coming back and having nothing and just dropping and being panic attacks. And it was brilliant. And I started to learn how to live a bit again. So I was getting moments where I was still getting panic attacks. Not panic attacks, I say. I kind of stopped getting there, but I was getting anxious, really anxious. And I was like, oh, an overthinking. But I knew in certain moments I wasn't getting that. And that's the moments I was living for. And the reason I was doing that was for me family. And I remember being on a building site one day and I said to myself, I will stay on this planet until the, until the day I have a natural death, I said, in my head, I was saying, because I will never, ever put my family through this. I remember drilling that into my head and I used to say that before I went to bed and I, I was having a really bad day and I was thinking, no, I can get through this. But I was too busy trying to fight my own head, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I was struggling, I was fighting And I said to my therapist, I'm really fighting against my own thoughts. I'm trying to fight, but I can't. And she went, George, you you are never, ever, ever going to be able to fight your own thoughts. i will always be there. It's about learning to live with them and learning to accept them. And one of the things the therapist the guy said, he said, look, George, he said, I could think the craziest things. I could go and tell you now I'm going to rob a bank. I could think that in my head. I could go and tell you I'm going to go and do this. But it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. It's just a thought. Yeah. And I, I that really sunk in. I went, shit, yeah. Like, just because I'm thinking I'm going to kill myself doesn't mean I'm going to. And I started calming down a bit. And it's little things like this therapy. Let me tell you now, if anyone out there is struggling, go to a therapist. Just pay the money. You'd happily go down a pub and have a night out and spend a load of money, but you, you wouldn't go and pay for a therapist. Now, go and pay for a therapist because they just dig down into your brain and it's something I don't know if you've done it before or not but it, it's it's brilliant
0: therapy and it's just have you been before or I've not I wish I had though a couple of years back yeah. um, when I was going for a well a bit of a different <clears throat> bit of a different situation to yours Um yeah. but well, I'll say a couple of years, back. it's happened a couple of times in my life. <laughs> um, we, we'll go back to 2015. Actually, um, told you about this before when I well told you personally um, when I got back from Denmark. Yeah, I, obviously, yeah. I, had, I had a Danish girlfriend once, and I came home and I remember getting home and going up the stairs. <laughs> it was like five o'clock in the morning. Uh, and my parents, they, they go up for work really early in the mornings. Um obviously the relationship out there didn't work, but I wanted it to work so bad at yeah. the time. Do you know what I mean? Obviously everything I follow the the mantra, like everything does happen for a reason, like yeah, you know, it does everything falls into place eventually. You know, something what doesn't make sense, like what didn't make sense then makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. Um, definitely. But yeah, I remember with so my parents, they was getting up for work at like five just as I was getting in. Um I remember walking in the bathroom, my mum my looked at me and I just burst out like just fucking in floods of tears. Yeah. And I was like, well, I was I was saying something like, Why me? Why me? Um and then I remember my dad looking at me. And my dad's kind of kind of old school, kind of not. Um yeah. I think my dad's in that category of blokes who'd struggle to speak about their emotions. Um, yeah. you know, that age group, because that's how it was back then. It's understandable. Yeah, isn't definitely. It? Um, but different he, times. Yeah, exactly. And I, I remember he just looked at me and the look that he gave me, I just knew there was, he, he looked at me and he, he was genuinely speechless. Like he knew yeah. there was nothing he could say, nothing he could do, but they was going to work. Like I said, it was five in the morning. And so they'd got off for work. I'd got into my bedroom, um, and I remember just just wailing, just wailing, and wailing until I cried. I literally cried myself to sleep,
1: yeah. um,
0: and then the next couple of weeks after, well, I'd say the next month, two months, maybe three months after that, um, there'd be there'd often be times where I'd just be sobbing to my mum, uh, saying well, saying stuff like, I don't, you know. I didn't want to be there anymore. I don't. Yeah. I've had it more severe since then. <clears throat> because yeah. so, uh, well, there was another similar uh, another similar situation a couple of years later. Kind of, kind of not. Um, yeah. I think with me and when I get myself down, it's more, it's me against, kind of like what you were saying, it's me against my own head. Yeah. yeah. And I beat myself up and like a lot of blokes, a lot of blokes won't <clears throat> won't really want to admit it. Um, but there is often times when you just don't feel good enough. But that's not the case. It's just because you're in, you know, you're having a bad time. Um, yeah. But I mean, I'm not a therapist, but I do know the best way. I like I said earlier on, I never wanted to. My mum, my mum told me, <clears throat> if you really do feel that bad. Not in like a if you feel that bad go to the doctors kind of way, but she said if you yeah. really if you genuinely do feel that bad, then get yourself to the doctors and get you, get yeah. yourself some antidepressants. But I've always been of the elk of that I don't really believe in tablets. I'll take a paracetamol if, my, if I've got a headache which is that bad. Um, yeah. But I didn't I didn't want to do that not not because I was too proud to go and speak to a doctor because I'm quite an open person anyway i speak to yeah. anybody about anything, you know, if I've got a problem or whatever. But I didn't want to go down that route of the tablet. So um I I just spoke, I spoke to a lot of my good friends. Um my mate Johnny. When I was at my worst, my mate Johnny, if he's watching this, one of my best mates, um, he really fucking helped me. I mean, really helped me. If it weren't yeah. f- if it weren't for him, then ugh, I might have been in a slump a fucking hell of a lot longer or I don't know you don't know do you it's hindsight and this, when you- this
1: is the thing um, I think what you're saying is I've talked to anyone literally anyone uh, when I started doing that that's when I started improving myself what you're saying there open up to mates I suppose with me what you just said there uh, if you hadn't have talked after maybe two three months you would have slumped more I didn't tell anyone about the panic attacks for five months at least six
0: months yeah? and so, that's when and that's when you see yourself It It's become or... too
1: much. Yeah, it become too much for me to cope with one another. That's when I went down. So I think what you just said there, maybe if you had a few more months where you just kind of ignored it a bit, pushed it to one side, it gets worse, does not it? So Yeah, uh, well,
0: I was I was kind of in a situation where I'd I'd, I'd had a break up from a previous relationship, but I stayed in the place. It was it was stupid, but I did really. Yeah. Um I stayed in the place. Um she moved out and I stayed in there. So I was yeah. staying in an apartment, which wasn't in my hometown. Um, it was only like a 20 minute driveway, but you know, when you're in that state of mind, you don't want to, like yeah. you said earlier, you don't I didn't want to worry my mum my or my dad, because I know that mum would panic about me because she knew from a peer that from a previous experience, when I was down from, when I came back from Denmark, she never wanted to see me there ever again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember just sitting in this, sitting in this apartment, not this apartment, my, my old apartment, um, on my own, obviously, I'd moved in there with with one of my one of my ex partners, and uh, it just it it felt weird. I wasn't sad. It's really hard to explain. I wasn't sad. I wasn't sad about the relationship ending because I knew that it wasn't going to work, and I knew that I was yeah. I, yeah. I won't go too deep into that just because you know, just in case I, was, I can speak to you personally about it. But I knew it wasn't the relationship ending which had made me like I was it was the fact that I felt like it was a repeat of what something what had happened previously it it felt like Denmark all over again so I was beating myself up I was saying to myself why have you let yourself do this after all the advice I had off my family and everyone of my mates why have I I let that happen again so I remember sitting in just sitting in the other apartment um and one day, my uh, I, I had the buzzer go because it was like on the third floor or so. I had the buzzer go on the apartment. So I got to the phone, picked it up, and then it was my dad. I and mean, he, he was just like, Let me in. And I was like, What are you here for? He said, Just let me in. Um, and him and my sister had known that I was, you know, I was in quite a bad fucking way and that I'd been round to my mum and I'd been crying and everything. Yeah. So he, he'd let me up. I'd let them up the stairs and they came in and they had the, all these big, Fucking, Do you know the big Ikea bags you get, the big blue ones? <laughs> <laughs> they had loads of them. Um, so then my dad looked at me, and he was like, you're coming home. I said, I'm fucking not. I was adamant I was staying there. He was like, you're coming home. I said, I'm fucking not. I'm staying here. And then my sister was, I'll never forget, my sister went to the kitchen and she started getting, you know, the utensils, part the kettle, the toaster, yeah. she was throwing it in these big IKEA <laughs> bags. She was like, you're not well, Byron. I said, I'm fucking fine. And she was throwing it in and throwing it in. She went, you're not well. I, and then I started, t- I started getting my like, angry and sad at the same time. Yeah. So I just started bursting out in tears. She were in tears as well. And yeah he was throwing all this stuff in the bag she was like you're not fucking well you're going to your mum's yeah <laughs> and then my dad just looked at me <laughs> I said I'm staying here and my dad was like look she's not gonna fucking come back here that's it you need to get out of here I said right I said I'm not coming back home though so right well you're gonna you're gonna uh, you're gonna get a place back in your hometown the, of sunny yeah. Leyland so then I, I <laughs> beautiful Leyland yeah I put in for this place here and. uh then I moved here and then I lived here on yeah. my own for a year. But that was, it's like you were talking about before, you remember moments when you're in them places, you remember, you remember, like you said, with your dad, when he picked you up off the couch, and said, that's, come on, this is fucking it now. I'm not prepared yeah. to see my son like that anymore. Quite a similar situation to what my dad was, you know, my dad was saying to me. Um, yeah.
1: You kind of need I someone could see, to
0: pull you up. Yeah, I could kind of see like my dad, he, he's, He'll only he'll he'll keep his thoughts to himself. Thoughts to himself. But I can see him and he's bubbling over. And then that and then that were it. I, I knew that we were going to say something. And then he was like, "Right, that's it. You're out of it. You're getting out. You yeah. need to get out of here." And that was it. So between between my dad, my sister, and my mate Johnny, and a few of my other friends as well. But um, but yeah, and, and and I know I know what you mean with the. It, it's not, a lot of people don't understand this, and I tried saying this in the last episode of my Sunny Beach podcast. When you've worked abroad um and then you come back home, it's fucking hard to adjust to because when you're yeah, out there, you know everyone. You know absolutely everyone. It, 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 it used to take me, to, I mean, how long was the strip in Bulgaria, Flower Street? How long was that? It, but what, half a kilometre, not even that.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, something
0: like that, about 500 metres, weren't it? From top to yeah, bottom. Yeah, it must be something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it'd take me half an hour from walk to, walk to the top to the bottom because I'll just chat right. to everyone. But then when you come home and say, like, you walk to Tesco for a loaf of bread, you might bump into like maybe two people who you went to school with who you've not seen in a while. Do you know what I mean? It's. Yeah. When it's, you. You it can't explain it. I think that. No. <laughs> that might have contributed to your, you know, you being. A bit worse when you did get home because I I often yeah. because I did seven seasons out there when I got back I I was often in a slump for the first month or so or I'd do like the first two weeks where I was seeing all my mates and I was buzzing to see them but then once they've once that's gone and then you like I was I'd be looking for a job or whatever um, after I'd yeah. seen all my friends they just sat at home and you do you just think to yourself fucking hell I feel a bit worthless now. Well you if, you go from you. you... Like, people work abroad,
1: yeah, and they, they go to wherever. They go Magaluf, Ibiza, I don't know, Zanty, and you you they work in these places, and you see them, and there's a few of them working in each bars, and they look like they have brilliant times, and they, they obviously do. But when you go to Bulgaria, and you work for a place like the Viking, where there's 120 people, other workers working with you on the same team, you build a good connection with a lot of them. You live with them, you party with them, you drink with them, you eat with them. You are with them 24 hours a day. And like you said, you walk down that street and you know everyone and you speak to everyone and you're like us, we talk to people, we like talking to people. And you, when you're out there, you're kind of something, can't you? You're something, uh, you feel like something because everyone yeah. knows you and you're, you're like, you're having a great time. And then to come away from that, like you said, even once you come away at the end of a season, it probably takes a month or two. And then you kind of get back to normal life in Britain. And then you want to go away again. But because I knew that I couldn't go back and I'd lost the job as a manager and I knew another guy. Well, obviously Nico took the job, didn't he? Then? Was it someone else or something like that? But I knew there wasn't a place for me. And I knew I, I was just so depressed just thinking that I've worked for this and I really meant everything to me. I mean, I've got the tattoo on my leg everything jumping over the biking. So, you know how much it means to me. The same as it meant to you. We, I yeah. think that's why we got on so well. We was like almost passionate about the bike. We'd yeah. have a weren't we? So, to lose that was very hard. And I say it probably took me a year to get over the fact that, right, I'm never going back. It took me to the next summer when I didn't go to go, right, well, I'm not going back. Uh, and last when, obviously, I'd been through therapy for about six months at that point and I was... Getting better, like I said, I was still getting my moments, but I was all in all, I was coping well, and I still couldn't work out why, why I was still getting these moments. But I was through little things and worrying about things. But in the end, I remember going to myself, right, I'm gonna get these thoughts whatever. So whether I try and fight against them or not, I'm just gonna get them, and it's something I'm just gonna to have to accept. So once you start learning to accept your own faults, whatever they may be and listening sometimes just going, you're talking a load of rubbish in your own head. You start feeling better in yourself and it's a weird old thing and it's not something to, it's easily done. It's very It's very hard. It takes time, but you get more and more better. So I mean, and now I'm in a completely different headspace. I mean, i wouldn't even, wouldn't even dream of dying. Like I, I couldn't think of anything worse. I, I've loved my work. I've got a beautiful son. Do you know what I mean? I've, Mrs. Molly. I've got, do you know what I mean? I've got, Great family, great friends, and I wouldn't dream of anything like that. But I was in such a bad headspace back then, that's how I felt. But it's taken me a long time. And when people go, How did you kind of recover? like close mates, I go, I've never recovered because I think that's a bad word. People go, I've recovered, I'm fine now. And then as soon as they get a bad day or a bad week, maybe I've had three good months and they get a bad week, they think they're back there again because I've had it. And in the end, I remember listening to someone on the radio and they said, you don't recover, you just learn how to live with yourself. Learn how to to cope with yourself, how to learn to live in your own thoughts. and And I started thinking, yeah, I'm going to stop using the word recover. So every day I have a bad day or a bad week, I'm not going to get down and think, oh, I'm here again. I'm back in this place. And gradually it started getting better and better. And I'd say probably the last year or so, I get the odd day where I get a bit of anxiety, but I know how to deal with it now. And I know how to cope with it and it's very little and often. Do you know what I mean? I, I could go a couple of months and be all right and then I get a bad day and I just think, well, it's just a bad day, George. Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you understand what I mean? And it's, yeah. So I've got a fever so I'm a bit bunged up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm like, fucking hell, the old bugle's gang. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so you kind of just learn how to deal with things and like, three months ago, I think it was, I I was... Obviously, now you know I'm a personal trainer, fitness instructor. I've started my own business and worked very hard. So uh, I was doing another job on the side working for a school and it was getting too much and I was getting all stressed out again. Almost getting to the point where I was going to have a panic attack and I thought, I can't do this. I need to manage myself. So I I spoke to my boss, was very open with my boss and they said, have a bit of time off and and a couple of weeks off and I went, look, I can't do this anymore. I'm so stressed out doing too much. And I had a really bad, probably three weeks for the first time in about two years i felt really bad but i wasn't like the, like suicidal of it. i was just really stressed and anxious and i thought shit i could be going back to that place but as soon as i left that i was back to here again and it's like you, you end up seeing it as a learning curve i mean if i look back now if i didn't have them times of bulgaria or the times of how bad i was i wouldn't be the person i am now and i wouldn't be be able to deal with things like i can now like i've had a lot yeah. go on as you probably know in the last year with molly's side of the family I think I've dealt with things pretty well. But obviously, you get your days and it's... I know now that if I have a day, that's all right. I'm allowed to have a day when I'm down. I'm allowed to have a day where and I could go and talk to someone. But yeah. that's acceptable. When you don't know that and you don't know that that's okay, then it's very hard to deal with. Uh, but that's something I've learned to deal with. And it's something... At the end of 2017, I thought to myself, right. Like I said, you know, when I was doing a lot of sport, a lot of football, and I threw myself into football and I was like, playing twice a week. I was loving it. Really getting fired up, and then for them moments, I wasn't thinking about anything else games and training. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of anything else. And I thought, Right, I'm on site, what can I do? So I was on site every day. And I thought, I love with sport, I love talking to people. Yeah, so I thought, Right, what can I do? I thought, Right, going to something to do with sport. So, Geezer, my old PE teacher, put something up about going on a course. I went on this course, so I was doing that on the weekends. Uh, I started doing driving lessons in the evenings. I finally passed this test after about three months. So, I passed this course and I got off on a job at Dean's. And I finally started seeing like a bit of uh, a bit of a future. Do you know what yeah. I mean? A bit of somewhere, a bit yeah. of direction is the word. And that slowly from there, I started building. So I started when I started doing personal training, fitness courses, and from there on, it's just it's gone up. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, you get your days and you get your times where you come down. But I know now that that's just life, and you're going to get moments. But all in all, uh, like I, I know how to deal with things now. And it's it's not to say that I won't have bad days in the future because I will. Uh, but I wouldn't, I was worrying at one point, am I just someone who's depressed all the time? No, no, I'm not. I'm someone who sometimes overthinks things and gets a bit anxious and that leads me to get depressed. But anyone out there watching who may be able to connect with this, you've just got to realize you're not mental. You're not, you're not, uh, insane. You're not this, you're not that. You're just having bad times and you probably need a bit of help. And You not know how to deal with it. And that's probably what you were saying earlier. uh, once you start accepting that and go, actually, I'm not, I'm just having a bad day here. And you can put it down to that. Some days you don't even need to put it down to something. Some days you wake up and think, oh, I've got a fucking up it, not you? You ever wake up and say, that? not do that. <laughs> but before I was thinking, fucking hell, why do I feel like this? Do you know what I mean? And I yeah, was like, yeah. But now I go, well, it's fucking <clears> bollocks and I'll, I'll write this day off. Yeah. yeah. And then the next day I wake up and I'm like, like what a lovely job I've so many great people and I go and talk to them and I have a good chat with them like "We are now and
0: they do they, they're
1: doing train them they, they feel good in themselves and that makes me feel good and you you, it's life's a funny old thing isn't it and you you think you might have solved one thing and then something else comes along so it's I'm not by no means saying I'm cured I'm this and that something might happen to me in the future but what I know is is I know how to deal with myself now and I know what suits me, what don't. And I know that if I'm having, if I have a bad day, which is a lot more rare now, uh, that hold on, it's a bad day. I can cope. And it's, I think accepting that is a big thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I I think if anybody (laughs) was to say that they don't have bad days, I think it'd be false. Every, everybody, everybody does have bad days. And I do believe that every man, well, every man, and it doesn't matter. Man, woman,
1: yeah,
0: pansexual, transsexual, whatever, whatever you identify as, everybody's going to have a bad day. Yeah. Oh, you, you are, know what yeah. I mean? And everybody's going to suffer with some kind of mental health issue along yeah. the way through life. If you don't, then I, then there's something wrong, in well, my if you opinion. Don't, you're talking bullshit. <laughs> exactly. So, but mate, but I, I mean, I've spoke I've spoke a couple of times about this um, on a couple of previous podcasts which feel like a million, moon, million moons ago now. Um, I think I was speaking with uh, my friend Dan, who's in a band called Binds. If you've not checked yeah. them out, go and check him out. But we were talking about social media and the effects that can have on people's mental health. And I, I think there's too many people, especially the younger generation now, no, oh, I'll make myself feel old. Fucking, you know, I'm only 28. <laughs> but, the, but <laughs> even people, he, he, yeah, next year. Uh, even people, my my age though, I think so many people are comparing themselves. Oh, look at him! Yeah, look what he's got. Yeah, but, big time. Listen, news flash: to anybody who didn't know, when they're putting all these things on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, these are the things they want you to see. They won't. Yeah. They won't show you the things, like you know, oh, I've fucking slipped on a bit of dog shit on the on the way to work today. Yeah. They won't show you that. Do you know what I mean? They won't it's show the you... the
1: best things, isn't it?
0: Yeah. They won't show you them having a breakdown and fucking crying in the bathroom. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: They, they won't show you these things. They won't show you if a bird shit on them. They, nah. Do you, do you see where I'm coming from? They, only, they yeah. only want you to see the good things, but... I mean, I'm no fucking psychologist, but... You can see the kind of people when you're scrolling through Facebook and stuff, and it's, um, or on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And it is a shame because so many people have so many insecurities, um, and they feel like the, the way they need to validate is by being flashy on social media or whatever. But yeah, I, I do think it is quite detrimental to people's mental health, social media, for that reason the, the comparing. Um, in the past, I've probably done it as well. If somebody for example, fucking hell, about four years ago if somebody tagged me on a in a picture on facebook I'd, i I was the one who decided whether it went on my facebook yeah or not. I'd delete you know what yeah. i mean oh i look I looked fat on that or, or I look this on that and now i I couldn't give a toss um, yeah. but I mean it's been like that for a couple of years, but I know you said um so w- once you 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 came back and you you've went through the therapy and um and you did all the song and dance. And eventually, you you learn to manage how to cope with your thoughts and your feelings. And then you met a lovely lady. Yeah. And you had a little boy.
1: Yeah, little Reggie. So, uh, I met Molly. So, this happened quite quick. So, it was summer 2018. It was the World Cup. Yeah, you know when... Uh,
0: when scored the free
1: kick. no, no, no. had
0: <laughs> <Yeah. Trivia laughs> scored the free kick and that was it. Yeah, and it finished. Yeah, yeah won, that was it. Cup. We won the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> the best, that was the best uh, six-minute, well, the best, what was it, 68 minutes or something until they equalised. But that, that, that first six minutes, well, that was the peak of me watching football.
1: That was one of the best moments of my life. When yeah, he scored that free kick, I was down a pub, the Owen Helmet, right, and everyone was going mental and everyone was jumping, pints flying, and it was like, it's like all us football fans, all we've ever wanted is seeing them win something. And we finally thought, like, this They're is going it, to They're going to get gonna to the happen. final. <laughs> I don't know. And,
0: uh, <laughs> the Barry Beckham.
1: The great memories of that, to be fair. So it's, uh, but yeah, so I met her around that time and obviously I'd been with her long. We'd only been together probably <laughs> three months and then we found out she was pregnant. And um, at the time I was like, oh, oh, I don't know whether I can do this. I'm not like, I'm just getting over my own issues. Probably, like I say, I started coming out of that by then, but still having them and and building up the business and thinking to myself, oh, am I ready for this? Am I this, that? And she just, I remember I said, George, I just know I can't get rid of him. And I just went, okay now, I went, I will support you. And I, I didn't know what I wanted at the time. I was just a bit like, oh, like shit. I was doing that kind of overthinking yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I just went, okay, then I'll, I'll support you. And I remember her being really worried when she had to tell me. And she was crying. I went, <laughs> you'll laugh. She was crying. Right? And I was going, what's the matter? Like that. And she was going like, oh, I can't say nothing. And I was going, right, what's the matter? Like that. And I was starting getting get mad at that. She was crying. I'm going to say." And I went, what? <laughs> like like, what's the fucking I went, matter? I went, I went, who you cheated with? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is the way she, she was crying. She was going. it was like she was trying to wind <laughs> up. <like> she, <laughs> and I was thinking, I went, who the fuck are you cheating with? I'm going to bash him up. Like that. And she went, I haven't cheated. And I went, what? What? But tell me. She, I went, it clicked in my head and she went, I went, you're pregnant, are not you? And she went, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I was more relieved that I hadn't been cheated on like, I was like and uh, she was like well you're not upset with me and I was like no of course I'm not upset with you and it was like that moment that was when I first found out but then obviously we didn't know what to do and then now we just wouldn't change him for the world I mean if you've probably seen pictures of him videos of him, he's just such a lovely little lad and he's just like so content and he's just like happy little baby and he's it gets obviously all babies get time when they cry, but in general, he's just such a good lad. And it's, it's, it's something now is becoming like my little mate. Cause he's getting a bit older. He's recognizing things more. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's, it's brilliant, mate. It is brilliant. It's tough. It is tough. Don't get me wrong. Like you, you just, you'll find out soon <laughs> six weeks because you go from being independent. You could just go down a barbers. You could just go down a shop to having a baby. and Then you've got to go, right. Who's going to look after him or her? Who's going to, and it's hard to deal with that. Uh, but you, you just get used to it. And it's the sleepless nights at the start there are. But once they start getting probably to about, probably for a bloke, a woman's quite very close to them at the start, but probably for a bloke, probably five, six months, they start sitting up, they start smiling a bit. And then you as a bloke, you start feeling like you've got a bit more something to do with them. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it's getting more and more like that now. Now he walks like a bit and then he crawls and then you just can't leave him anywhere. So it, it's it's... As it gets easier for a bloke. So, uh, but obviously, I'll speak to you about that on, a, yeah. on another level. But <laughs> no, he, he's brilliant, mate. So, for him, it, he's just, and I kind of think that, you know, when you said everything happens for a reason, I think at the time I had fantastic times with Bulgaria. I wouldn't change it for the world. I, I loved every minute of my first two seasons, and I really did. And uh, obviously, I didn't like the way it ended on my third season. But looking back now, I think I, I probably needed that. It calmed me down having Reggie. I probably needed yeah. that and uh, it gave me more of a focus so it give me more of a drive to push on and do stuff with my work and since having him I've really pushed on with my work and I think you'll find the same you'll just want to
0: do what you can to give them a good future Obviously, Yeah, it's, it's it's like I'm not going to lie well whilst we're on the, whilst we're on the you know the topic of this episode if you haven't if you haven't already noticed, is mental health pretty much? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, mental
1: health week, by the way, that's what. I was yeah, doing. yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, but over the past, huh. <clears throat> I don't know, two years, probably, I yeah. have, I've not, not thought like, what's the point? I don't want to be here. But I'd have a lot of mornings waking up thinking, what's the point? Like, uh, what? Yeah. Not what's? Wait, I, I, started, I, know, I know what you're saying. Not you're what's the point? I want. I don't want to fucking be on planet Earth anymore. More like, what's the point? Where am I going?
1: Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. What am so, I doing? Yeah. And I'm, Direction.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So I'll tell you the story. Actually, you know, you just said your pregnancy story it weren't it went quite. Who the fucking you know? You've been cheating on with? <laughs> I was yeah. actually. Um, <laughs> I was actually in. I was in Tenerife. Um, it might sound a bit. This is genuinely 100 percent the truth as well. I was in Tenerife, and uh, it might sound a bit fucking strange and weird. And I'm not Derek Akora or anything. But we <laughs> was fucking in this. Derek <laughs> He's dead now, isn't he? Is he dead? Is he? Yeah. Blood, I didn't like that. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm not <laughs> laughing at <that laughs> No, I'm not laughing that Derek Akora is dead. Um, but I'm just no, laughing just... at this story, man. So. So yeah, it was in this Irish bar in Tenerife and oh, God's honest truth, John, something told me that my missus were pregnant. Some someone, something told me that she was pregnant. It was really strange. Yeah. And I'd have one too many Captain Morgan's. Oh, um, I'd another Captain Morgan's. Yeah, so I went, I went up well, I would say went up to it. It was only me and her on holiday. Um so I had I, I had one. I thought, how can I tell her this? I don't know, how can I tell her this? by this point I was fucking pie- <laughs> pie-eyed <laughs> and, I went to and I said I need to tell you something she was like what I said you're pregnant and she just looked at me she was like you're fucking battered <laughs> I said no 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 honestly honestly you're pregnant anyway the next we went we went home I woke up the next morning fucking rough, rougher than a bear's ass. and she looked at me she was like do you remember what you were saying to me last night I said yeah she and what was you saying then? I said you're pregnant, and she was like, "How the fuck do you know this?" I said, "I'm I'm telling you." you- I'm Derek Akora. <laughs> it's like fucking. What, what was the other guy? It's all because of the magic. Shazam. Who was he? Oh, I forgot his going. name. But anyway, so <laughs> I did my little Derek Akora piece, um, and she then we, we was like, "We'll just well, I have a test when I get home then." Yeah, came home, had a test. And then, yeah, pregnant. So I've got a little That's girl. A um, but. The story does run a lot deeper than that, but we would be here all night. Uh, but yeah, it was like something weird. Something told me that she was pregnant. But like I said, yeah. uh, the point I'll get into is like waking up and thinking, what's the point? What, what yeah, am I no, doing? Fine, yeah. All I was doing the same routine every day. And, you know, the, both were the same routine. You know, I'd go wake up. I'd have porridge. I'd have a coffee. I'd go to work. Come home. Have a coffee. Go to the gym. Come home. Make something to eat. Go to bed. Wake up. Yeah. Have a porridge. Have a coffee. And it was just. I felt like a fucking robot. And then. Yeah. With. I, I do believe every everything does happen for a reason. And sometimes you. I don't know. I'm gonna sound so fucking hippy dippy when I'm saying this. But no, I know what you're gonna say yeah. I, I think I genuinely do think that like you've given these you know, these gifts sometimes. And I don't know. I've said, I've said to my missus that I genuinely do feel like I'm going to be a better person for being a father. And so many people have said to me, they're like, Byron, you're going to be such a good dad. Um, Yeah. uh, But yeah, so I'm, I'm honestly, I'm chuffed to bits and you'll you'll
1: love it, mate. Obviously you'll have tough times. Obviously,
0: if I listen to the
1: negative people, like, some some people before I was going oh here we go
0: this yeah you're is, like, your life's over and all this oh, shit it's like
1: fuck know you know bringing
0: in in life into off. the world but yeah, yeah. I was, I, that I really used to yeah. piss me off uh, right, big time
1: and uh, this is one thing I'll say to anyone that's kind of new dad right it is hard at times because you've got to adapt yeah because like I said we used to be going, going out with our mates and then you kind of have to ask like between the I sort out who's going out which night or whatever or, or this or that and it's like, say, going down to barbers, you have to think about who's going to look after him or her. So stuff like that's hard to adapt to, right? And then the sleepless nights at the start, but you just learn, mate. We we are all made to have kids. Obviously, if you don't want to have kids, don't have them. But what I mean is, it's in us. And after a little while, a couple of months, you, you just pick it up as you go, and it's like yeah. you wouldn't change it for the world. You wouldn't. And it's don't. This is all a negative bullshit because obviously you're going to get your shit times. You're going to get times where you just he keeps you up or she keeps you up all night and then you wake up in the morning and you just look at her and you'll just laugh. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Cause that's, that's the effect they have on you. So don't listen to all the negative. Yeah. Bollocks,
0: mate. But and I, I think it, when people, when people do, sorry to cut you off, but when people no, do say on. like, they say, Oh, it's your end of your life. I, I don't think it's, well, I, I know that I'm never going to feel like that with my daughter because I'm, I am quite a lover. You'll know yourself. I might not come yeah. across it on some of these podcasts or whatever, but I am quite a loving person. I, I'm caring, yeah. you know what I mean? So when people say, Oh, your life's over, I don't think it's that your life's over. I think that chunk of your life is it's over a new and then, chapter. And then you're starting another life now with you know, with another life. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, this this is the thing. You you're going on to a new chapter in your life and Sunny Beach for us was a different chapter. Yeah. And like I said, at that point in our life, that was everything. And that's everything we wanted and everything we needed, right? But now both of us, we miss the memories sometimes, but it wouldn't suit us going back now. That's no, not what we need. That's what I'm saying. We, you move what on. We, what we're having now is, is our good stuff. Do you know what I mean? It was just, that was good stuff in a different time. Now we're in another time with different good stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's like my dad said to me once, it's, it's I remember reading that, uh, a guy saying that you you play different parts in life without meaning to. It's it's like almost like you're an actor because you're playing different chapters. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of true. Like this is a new chapter for you, and it's the same. I'm I'm still in that new chapter because he's what yeah. 11 months old. So it's you just it's you're starting a new life in that sense, but you'll still be able to go out and do things. It's yeah, just of obviously you've got to think a bit more, aren't you? So yeah. Uh, but no, mate, I can't
0: stand all the negative bullets oh, mate. Fuck it! I it, no, it awesome. can't be asked. Awesome. <laughs> I don't listen to him. Uh, We'll we'll wrap it up, uh, but before we do wrap it up, what what would be the the main advice you'd give to somebody who who was in a similar situation to you? Would you recommend I've, would you re- yeah. recommend the, the the tablets and the therapy or just? What I'd what recommend,
1: this recommend is is uh, which is something I do now if I get any kind of issue or problem, I kind of try and nip it in the bud as soon as I can. And, what I mean by I nip it in the bud is it doesn't mean the problem's going to be over. It just mean I'll speak to someone, someone close, and I'll go, look, I'm worried about this, or I need to sort this. And I think talking to people, anyone, right? Yeah, close mates, open up. If you don't feel like you can do it with your parents, just open up to someone. It takes the weight off your shoulders. And when you're in like, kind of a depressed state of mind, you, you think one way, but someone will give you another option, and you'll go, oh, yeah, like that makes sense. So I think speaking to people, I think the best thing you can do is go and see a therapist, don't be ashamed. Uh, I was going regularly, say two years ago, well, three years ago to for a year, so two years ago, finished. And then I've been like a couple of times since when I felt like I've just needed it, like, a bit. But all in all, I think if you're having bad times, just go and see a therapist. And like, if you need help and you can't afford that, go and speak to people, mates, yourself. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Surround self, yourself with yeah, your, your support, friends. Support system. That's the word. So, I know now if, if I've, I've built, that's the one thing I did. I built up a support network. So I knew I could speak to my parents. I knew I could speak to my brother. I knew I could speak to my mate, Jack, my mate, Ed, my mate. There's loads of lads in our group chat. So I don't want to roll out all the names. I knew I could speak to any of them and they'd talk to me. So I kind of built up, they knew that if I felt bad, I could talk to them. They'd let me talk to them. And I think kind of building up support network and, if you are feeling that bad and suicidal or that, yeah, do, do get on the tablets because it doesn't mean you're on them forever. It doesn't mean it's gonna heal you. Do it alongside the therapy and just, just go with it and just know that I was in a position that was so fucking bad, so, I didn't think I could get out at all. And you obviously saw me like that, the mates saw me like that, how bad I felt it was. And I've come out of that. And I'm not saying I've healed, I'm this, I'm that. Obviously I'm just saying, you can get out of that and start learning to live again and and go back to your normal ways, which is like just who you are, whatever that is. So and obviously you're still gonna get your time, but you can always get out. So I know a few people that have now. So just speak, uh, see a therapist, use the tablets if you need to. Always open up. That's that's one thing I will say. And I'd like to say a big, big thank you to my mates, my family. And anyone else who helped me over that time because they was brilliant. And they—they, they, I don't even have to name them. because They know who they are. And there was quite a few of the lads and my family and stuff like that. You, Watsy, there was a lot of good people. So I thank all of you. Uh, I'm always there for people. I know you'd always be there for people. I just think it's a case of rolling this together. Just got to try and get through and
0: just enjoy yeah. your life to
1: the best of your ability, isn't yeah? So
0: yeah,
1: one of them, mate. So well,
0: thanks. It's so been that.
1: nice, having, nice being on. And I just I was, want to say. The next one we do will be a bit more like uplifting. This is, obviously, it's Mental Health Week, so we're going to talk about, obviously, Sunny Beach. We're going to have a bit of a laugh of other stuff, so we'll be a bit more
0: uplifting. So. North versus South. South, South, South. But, yeah, cheers right. for coming on, mate. It's took a, it takes a lot of courage to speak about what you have just spoke about, and hopefully, yeah, whether it's a man or a woman, uh, whatever else I want to identify as, uh, if yeah. if that can you know if they watch that if, if they're going through a bad time, um, then I'd, I I think they can you know if they can relate to your story then I really really do think it can help a lot. Even of if people. it just helps
1: one person, it exactly
0: I mean? one's better it's, than none. It? So
1: it's it's uh, it's not I wouldn't call it a guide. It just finds your way. Everyone's different, but it's just every. Just that's another that thing I wanted
0: to say earlier on. Everybody, literally, is different. Yeah, you know, so one yeah. one thing what works for one person like like me for me like I said before I didn't want to take tablets so I I, yeah. I was just miserable around one of my mates and then he yeah. got me around he was like you are coming to the pub you are coming for a pint do you know what I mean he dragged yeah. me out and then I start doing other things and then slowly 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 back to normal well that's it yeah. not normal you still look like like you said earlier you you do still have bad days still have bad days now do you know what I mean yeah. um. You might think another thing as well, actually, just before we do <clears throat> we do finish. I've well, got rid of you there. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what what I know what I've noticed through life um is things that you look forward to or you save up for, or you want this amount of money in your bank, when you get it, sometimes at least at least this happens to me. I might just be the only weirdo this happens to, but you you aim for something sometimes and then when you eventually get it i find anyway that all right i've got it now now what then i'll crash yeah yeah you ever had exactly. that happen yeah
1: i know exactly what you mean i think sometimes obviously not all the time but sometimes you work towards things and then it ain't as good as what you thought it'd be yeah sometimes exactly. you just i think, think think the big thing is last thing i said i think a lot of people and i've I've done it in the past i still do it at times you we kind of look for other moments and look, look forward to the future when really, some of the times you're having now are really good and, and just be at peace with yourself when you're having a cup of tea and watching a, a film or something and you're not worried about anything or some of the times you go down the pub with the lads or the girls or wherever and you just have a really good night and it's off the cuff. So, I think it's just enjoying the moment as much as you can. So, That's yeah, it. and like I said, thank you to you, mate. And uh,
0: No, thanks for you. nice you're... seeing you. Like I said, it took a lot of courage coming, on, coming yeah. on the pod and telling your story. And I think it will inspire quite a few people. But if you did yeah. like this podcast, then hit the subscribe button below. Hit a thumbs up. Leave a comment. If you have been going through any hardship, then drop a comment below. Um, and George, George, you are on YouTube, so you can actually respond to the comments <laughs> that are on the, on the thing uh, on the post. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh the version there is a video version of this so you can see gorgeous george for yourself over on youtube youtube.com forward slash byron's world so if you want to go check that out check that out if you are watching on video then sorry you had to see uh our mugs <laughs> but yeah until the next podcast like we will get you we will get george back i'll on, look
1: forward to it, it mate i'm look, looking places, forward to like a uh of a, well, a cheery one obviously this is just the get out of story. I haven't spoke for a few years about it, it's, uh, but the next ones will be more, more like, like what we usually are. So I mean, have a good laugh together. So, um, it, be nice, mate. <laughs> right.
0: <spot laughs> but, no, cheers, mate. Yeah. Cheers. Right. Lovely speaking to you, mate.
1: And you, mate. I'll see you later then. Yeah. See you later, mate.
0: Right. <laughs> if you are struggling with your mental health, um, you might be too proud to speak to your friends or family. I've left two numbers here, one for Samaritans and one for Mind UK who do great work here in the UK when it does come to mental health.